Hey everyone, Steven Jensen here. I know this is kind of a odd time to be going live. I rarely ever am on here this early. I know this isn't very early for most people, but uh, wanted to come on here today, kind of before I got my day started this time, and uh, talk a little pro wrestling. I've got the chat up on the screen for anyone that happens to be in here right now. I see Corey. I figure I'll just like answer a couple questions, go through the, the chat and stuff before uh, before I get into the predictions for Impact's No Surrender, which of course is this Saturday. As always, if you have any Super Chats donations, uh, those are much appreciated, and I will make sure to deep dive on any statements you have, any comments you have. If you have any questions, I'll answer those, and if you have a business that you want to get shouted out or something on the air, also keep in mind this goes on my audio feed as well, so it won't just be the listeners here that hear your uh, the plug for your company or hear your question or statement or whatever, the audio listeners will hear it uh, tomorrow as well, so... Uh, feel free to send those in. Let me know that you're watching. Let me know that you're having a good day. Let's see what's going on. And uh, I'll read some of the stuff off from Corey. If there's nothing new in the chat, uh, you know, after I get through this, then I'll just jump right into the predictions. So uh, Corey says, hope it'll be a great show. Lots of love, prayers, and positive vibes for everyone. Steven, Jesse, and all you love and care about. Yeah. Corey's always in here with uh, really, really nice messages, especially to start the show off. And I talked about him the other day. Um, he actually purchased me a cameo from Shelly Martinez. Complete surprise. Didn't expect it. Uh, definitely didn't see it coming. But it was uh, it was pretty awesome. Like, Shelly left me a really, really nice cameo. So that was thanks to Corey Hummel. I, I really appreciate that, man. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, Corey also mentions that he hopes that No Surrender has plenty of memorable matches. Me too. I mean... When I did the predictions for this show on FightfulSelect.com for the Weekender podcast that I do every Sunday, there was only like five matches or so, and some of those matches have actually been modified since then. So it'll be interesting to kind of go through this show, and, and some of my picks may have actually changed, so so we'll see. Um, Corey also with a Valentine's Day shout-out. <clears throat> sorry, shout-out. Um, yeah, happy early Valentine's Day to anybody who, uh, who celebrates. I actually... I'm going to be spending Valentine's Day at my parents' house because it was my stepmother's birthday yesterday, and Sunday is the day that we're all getting together for her birthday, and it just happens to fall on Valentine's Day. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I hope anybody else who has um, you know big plans for Valentine's Day, you know, hope you guys all have a, uh, a good Valentine's Day. Corey also says that we hope we enjoy SmackDown tonight. I probably won't be watching. I might, but. A lot of the time, I wind up watching IWTV, IndependentWrestling.tv, on uh, on Friday nights. But I really love what they're doing with Roman Reigns. Like I can't say enough good things about that. So I might tune in just uh, hoping that I catch whatever Roman's doing. And I mean, obviously, I love Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens, and there's a lot of good talent over there on SmackDown. Uh, it's just really hard for me to get behind WWE product right now. Although. Uh, what is it? Also on Sunday is NXT TakeOver um, Vengeance Day. And I did predictions for that show on Wednesday with Throwback. So you can check that out here on this uh, on this YouTube channel, Jesse Davin, J-E-S-S-I-D-A-V-I-N, or on the, uh, the audio version over at Fight Talk. Those are available over there. Um, and also, let's see what else was going on before I get into the predictions. Um... We get, so yeah, I mean, we got No Surrender on Saturday, TakeOver on Sunday, and I think NXT TakeOver shows are can't miss. 
whether you're paying attention to NXT Weekly, whether you even watch the WWE product, whatever it is, I think if you consider yourself to be a pro wrestling fan, I think you really do need to tune in and uh, watch those, <clears throat> watch those um, uh, pay-per-views, those uh, takeover shows from NXT. I think that they're always really well, really, really well done and seem to exceed expectations. So let's uh, let's just jump right into the predictions here for No Surrender. If I have anyone, you know, chime in on the chat or any super chats, donations, anything like that, donation link is in the description. Merch link in bio, Jesse's OnlyFans in bio, all the uh, sponsors, all their links are in the bio as well. And um, yeah, I'll just kind of go right through this. If anybody has anything to say that they want to add or want me to talk about, just let me know while I'm going through this and I will kind of stop where I'm at and, uh, and address whatever you guys want to talk about. So... First match we got here, Decay, which includes Black Taurus now. He actually debuted, or I should say re-debuted, because he's been on Impact before, but it's been a while. Um, Black Taurus now part of Decay. It'll be Black Taurus, Crazy Steve, and Rosemary taking on Tennille Dashwood and Team Triple XL, the team of AC Romero and Larry D. I think this will be all right. Like, I'm not super into the storyline. I've never been super into the Decay stable. And Tennille Dashwood, I'm still kind of lukewarm on it. I don't think she's, like... Like, she's okay. Um, she just never really showed me anything that makes me think she's, like, incredible or anything like that. Um, the the character is interesting uh, with, uh, with Caleb with a K and kind of how she's, like, this Instagram influencer and constantly taking selfies during the match and Caleb's constantly taking pictures of her during the match on his phone and all this stuff. I think AC Romero has a lot of talent and he's done a good job of, you know, cutting a decent amount of weight. Like he was, he was really, really, really heavy at one point and he's still a big dude, but it's good to see him kind of, uh, for his own health's sake, it was good to see him kind of cut some of that weight. And he's always been good in the ring. He's always done some, some pretty crazy stuff too. I've seen him do some he did a one bump in Impact Wrestling a couple years ago in the, uh, I think it was the X Division ladder match, where he took a nasty bump. And uh, I've seen him do some pretty crazy stuff on the indies as well. So as far as this match, though, I'm going to say that Decay gets the win, especially because they're kind of more of like an actual stable. And Black Taurus coming back uh, adds some momentum to them. And I just feel like they're kind of doing more with Decay. And I think that they'll get the win over Team Triple XL. After that, we got Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB taking on Deanna Perrazzo, Kimberly, and Susan. I think this will be really good. There's a lot of really great women's talent uh, in Impact Wrestling. I totally forgot that ODB just re-debuted. Uh, completely forgot about that. So it's good to see her back. Um, Susan, of course, is the alter ego of Sue Young, former Impact Knockouts champion. Uh, a ton of great talent, like I said. I think Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo are the two best female wrestlers in all of Impact Wrestling, and I love seeing them in the ring together. I think that uh, the team of Jazz, ODB, and Jordan Grace should get this win. It's a powerhouse team. I I just feel like, you know, we've seen Jazz versus Jordan Grace already, but I think they'll have a bigger one-on-one -on -one match sometime in the near future. But it's also interesting with ODB back in the mix, and she's... Basically, an, a TNA legend, if you really think about it. She was around TNA wrestling slash Impact Wrestling for, for years and years and, and heavily involved in a lot of their stories. 
And I like the team of Ferrazzo, Kimberly, and Susan. So I like everybody involved in this. I just think it makes a little more sense to have Jordan Grace, uh, uh, Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB get the win here. And I'm interested to see kind of where it goes going forward. I'd like to see all three of those women in AEW, by the way. I'd actually like to see every woman in this match in AEW, whether it's uh, due to the Impact Wrestling crossover or if it's due to um, like one of them leaving, any of them leaving Impact Wrestling. I'd like to see them sign with AEW. I, I think these all six of these women uh, could really help AEW's women's division, I guess is really what I'm trying to say. After that, we got Jake something uh, taking on Diener. And this has been a really great storyline. Jake something was cousin Jake, and now he's finally Jake something again. And uh, I think we got Jesse. Did she just chime in with something? Oh, that was nice, Jesse. Putting up a nice message, trying to get people to come on into the chat today. Like I said, anyone watching or listening, it's I rarely ever go live. This when I say early, eleven a.m. for me is is early. Um, but I got some stuff I got to do today, so I just figured I'd jump on and just see if anyone was uh, awake or chilling. Jesse, Jesse's here in the chat. What's up? You just missed Corey. He was in here earlier. But uh, but yeah, it's rough without you, Jesse. Especially when I'm doing these these random times and nobody knows that I'm live. But I uh, I appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to Impact. Let me know what your predictions are, Jesse. Um, I wish you were here on camera with me, and I hope that you're back soon. But take all the time that you need. Um. Let's see. So as far as this match here, Cousin Jake is now officially Jake something. Actually, I'll get back to the predictions here in a second. Jesse says, yeah, WTF, is you doing awake right now? Um, Honestly, a big part of it, so my brother gets off. He's supposed to get off work early today, and I hope that's the case because that's a big reason why I'm doing what I'm doing because um, he, if he gets off work around the time that he claimed he was going to, I'll be able to do this, I'll be able to hang out with him, and then I'll be able to get some work done, and then uh, I'll probably be able to like, chill and watch wrestling tonight. But uh, basically I'm doing this so that I can do the rest of the stuff today and hang out with my brother. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it is it is kind of weird. Like I really had to make, I really had to wake myself up around 10 a.m. today. Ayo, Ayo Adebayo? I might be really butchering the, the last name there, but, um, or it might be Ayo, 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 let me know how to pronounce that so I don't mess it up. Says, sup, sup, welcome to the stream. If you have any questions, anything at all, let me know here in the chat. Um, as a matter of fact, let me switch over to this for a second. I'll get back into the, uh, the impact predictions here. Now that we got a couple new viewers in, um, this actually will show kind of what we're talking about while, while we're just chilling. I'll, I'll take a few minutes to just talk to the chat. Jesse says, yeah, being productive early. Yeah, I know. I know, right? I'm hoping I have uh, more stuff to edit today, too, but we'll see. What are you doing today, Jesse? I'm guessing that you're uh, probably pretty busy with the family, is, is my is my guess. Io. Io. Thank you. I will, uh, try, I will try not to mess that up going forward, so Io. Thank you for joining. Let me know what your uh, your predictions are while I'm going through this IO. That goes for anybody listening or watching. Uh, I'm going to get back to the predictions here in a minute. IO says, Friday, chilling, laying back. That's what's up, man. That's uh, Those are the best kind of days. Those are the days I try to have every day. 
and I just try to sprinkle in some work here and there. That's kind of my motto right now, especially during the pandemic and all that stuff when something, some stuff's just like totally out of our control, right? Like I'd like to be out and about and doing stuff. I'd actually like to get out and kind of do some more just part-time work again, especially with my brother uh, working with these Parkinson's foundations. I really want to get involved like in their gyms and stuff, but I also would never be able to live with myself if I like caught the virus or something and wound up spreading it to you know all these elderly with with neurological issues like all these high-risk people so like i've really been isolated so um but because of that like it's that's just out of my control you know what i mean it's all just out of your control so i've, I've just been doing a lot of chilling also man jesse says being a milk machine <laughs> there you go being a milk machine is valentine's day party for scarlet at school Savannah is growing. She is sleeping and hungry. There you go. I love hearing that. Being a milk machine. So basically, little baby Savannah, for anyone who might be uh, not up to date, a lot of the time, a lot of, of Jesse's time is currently being spent um, with little Savannah latched to her, I don't know what you can say on YouTube, latched to her breastesses. Um, so yeah, Jesse's over there being a little milk, being a milk machine for a little little Savannah, and so and then Scarlett's got Valentine's Day party. So I'm guessing, what's what's that like? Oh, I guess yeah. She and she's in school, right? With it being Florida, um, do they? I'm assuming they still do what we all what we all used to do, where like everyone would, you'd have to bring a card for everybody, and people would uh, hand out like little packs of runs and the little hearts and little little candies and stuff like that i'm guessing jesse says my, my tits are out all the time that's awesome and hey uh jesse's only fans link is in the description of this video so uh we got a, a link in there for uh for jesse and our only fans uh, if you want to support if you want to buy any fight talk merchandise i got the link in the uh, description at the bottom as well so you can still support Jess. You can still support me. Uh, Super Chats, donations, all that stuff gets split between me and her. So just keep that in mind. Um, if you, if you want to, you know, keep helping Jesse out while she's on maternity leave, we still split the other uh, revenue for the show. Yeah, she has Valentine's Day stuff and they decorated shoe boxes. Yep, that's right. I forgot that that was like everyone's little little mailbox type thing for everyone's Valentine's were those shoe boxes. I completely forgot about that. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I ever, like, gave someone a Valentine, like, trying to court them. Like, I can't remember if I was, like, ever in, uh, in like, even elementary school or anything where I, where I, like, gave everyone a card, but, like, someone car i mean there was always girls like i was interested in but i don't think i ever like made a move through valentine's cards now that i'm thinking about it like i don't think i ever gave one to somebody that was like more special than the ones i had to give to like the rest of the class kind of kind of funny to think about that whole concept now especially with like such little kids of all these little i love you messages it's kind of it's kind of funny to think about it always makes me think about billy madison for anyone listening, that y'all know what I'm talking about, but um, there's that scene in Billy Madison where they're, it's Valentine's Day, and the teacher 
the male teacher gives uh gives Billy Madison uh, a Valentine. It's uh, it's pretty funny. Jesse says, "I don't think I ever gave someone the special Power Rangers Valentine." Ooh. Is that is that how it worked? Like, was there? I know we got like the big packs of like little you know cardboard cards and stuff, but I'm guessing was there like a special one in there that was like, all right, and you know if you give this one to who you really like, um, Power Rangers Valentine's. So I'm sure I had those. I'm sure of it, because I was all about Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, Pokemon, that kind of stuff. Man, it's just really funny to think about now. That whole concept's just really funny to think about. Um, <laughs> I'll talk a little more <clears throat> Impact Wrestling. Feel free, y'all, let me know in the chat how you're uh, how you're feeling about these predictions and who you think is going to win these matches. I already talked a little bit about Decay uh, versus Tenille Dashwood and Triple XL. Jesse says that the cards were pre-written. But there was one that spoke to you about somebody. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm tr Jesse's trying to remember the Valentine she had. I, I'm trying to remember also. They had to have all been like that, though. It was definitely... Because I think by, like, middle school, I don't think we did that stuff anymore. But it may have been something... Middle school and high school, maybe, were, like... You could like order flowers from the school to go to somebody that you liked. But I can't remember if that started for me in middle school or high school. And for me, just for the record, middle school was sixth grade through eighth grade. And then high school for me was ninth grade through twelfth grade. I know it's different for some people, and some people have just like one secondary school and one primary school and stuff like that. Um, Io says solid card tomorrow. I agree. I totally agree, Io. Um, I actually have already given my prediction uh, that I think Decay is going to beat Tennille Dashwood and Team Triple XL, and I think Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB are going to defeat Deanna Prazo, Kimberly, and Susan. But this uh, this women's match here is really, really, really um, promising. There are uh, six very talented women. This could be a really good match. And I was just mentioning also, I think any of these women would really help out AEW's women's division, whether it's because they're still signed to Impact and they come over like during the co-promotion, or if any of them wind up leaving Impact Wrestling, I think that any six of them would be a gigantic asset asset to AEW's women's division. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jordan Lasseter says, I'm here, what am I missing? Haven't missed anything yet. Um, I've just kind of been talking to the chat. We just had this up here here Jordan we're just kind of talking hanging out and I'm just kind of slowly starting to, uh, to get rolling on making the predictions but uh but thank you for coming back Jordan much appreciated seeing you in here <clears throat> sorry I gotta keep clearing my throat y'all maybe it's because it's so early for me my throat isn't ready um let's see Io says I remember secret cupids back in the back in college I can't remember, like, the only thing I remember about Valentine's Day in college is there was a girl I dated for a couple years, and she set me up on, like, a scavenger hunt one Valentine's Day. It was really thoughtful of her. Like, I've never done something like that for someone else um, that took, like, that much thought. 
Uh, so, I mean, I, I appreciated it, but it was like, it was pretty cool. It was like, I had to drive to all these like different spots, but some of them were like places that we had gone out and some of them were like totally random. And then like the, where I'd show up, there'd like be another clue. Like for instance, I had to go like to this ice cream place and pick up like, like, a, like it was like a, a order of ice cream that was already paid for by her. And, like, when I got there, the person that served me the ice cream had, like, my next clue for the next place. And I drove around, uh, I drove around the city. This was in Statesboro, Georgia, Georgia Southern University. And I drove around, yeah, I drove around, like, all afternoon and, like, got these clues and stuff. And then it, like, led me to wherever she was at. I think she was at, like, uh, she was, like, waiting for me at, like, dinner or whatever. And, uh, that was, like, the final thing was, like, us like having dinner together at the end of the day or something like that. Kind of crazy to think about now. That's a girl who uh, I had a pretty bad breakup with, but I hope she's doing all right now. I haven't talked to her in a really long time. She has a family of her own now, has uh, kids, or at least one kid, husband, all that. You know, I'm happy for her now. It's wild to think about how much how much thought had to have gone into that uh, that whole scavenger hunt. That was really nice of her. Jesse says, damn, she loved you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a great relationship for a few years or a couple years. <clears throat> and then, uh, and then things kind of really went bad. But, you know, I was also, I mean, she was a couple years younger than me, too. She was like, I was, I probably would have been like 21 and she was like 19 or 20 probably when, when this happened. So we were kids for all intents and purposes. But, yeah. She, uh, she did a good job. I can't remember what I got her. I think I bought her a, uh, I think I got her a white gold, either necklace or ring, or maybe both that kind of matched. I bet that was, that's what I did. I bought her like this ring one year and I bought her this necklace the same year, but like one was like for her birthday and one was Valentine's day, I think. And she liked white gold a lot. So I would, uh, I got like matching stuff. Um, so yeah, that was probably about the best that I've ever done was jewelry. I figured like, I don't know. I don't know what people like. I'm not that creative jewelry, I guess. Um, Io says my old fraternity did a special serenade for anyone who ordered secret Cupid for a friend and loved one. I did a lot of orders. It was fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just it's just funny to think about this stuff for me now because, you know, I graduated college in 2010, technically 2011 because I had to do an internship after I finished school. But I mean, we're talking 10 years ago already, which is just crazy to think about. Uh, Jesse says, oh, man, but hey, it was not meant to be, but it was meant for that time. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have any like like now I don't it doesn't affect me at all now, which is kind of. I haven't really thought about that stuff in a long time, but, uh, what's really wild is the dude that she wound up dating after me, which wound up being a, a whole, that's kind of where all of these issues lied was like after we broke up and then who kind of she got with afterwards and stuff. This, <clears throat> this dude, I kid you not, it's the most random thing ever. I could probably throw a rock from where I live to where he lives right now. Like, just random as hell. I saw I saw his, his car, like, 
a couple weeks ago. And I was like, there's no way this is like, there's a lot of this car out there in the world. And I saw like this sticker on the back that I was like, I, this is way too much of a coincidence. Then like, I saw the dude driving in the car. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like 10 years later, this dude still lives right up the street from me. That's so crazy. How, how, what a small world. Um, and I, and I highly doubt he would care at this point. I mean, it's not to get too into it, but it's like, we weren't friends or anything like that, but it was like her, when me and her were dating, um, I'll switch it to this screen for a second so people can kind of see the chat. When me and her were dating, um, we had a lot of mutual friends. And then, like, the guy she wound up dating after me wasn't friends with my friends, but she was, he was kind of, he was kind of friends with some of our friends. It was kind of, it's kind of hard to explain, but so like he knew who I was for sure. And all this stuff. And like, it was, it was really shady kind of how everything happened. But yeah, like I said, it's wild. Like I, I just saw this dude probably like two, three weeks ago, just driving down the street and I saw where he turned into and where he turned into has like there's like five houses in this little, it's like this little cul-de-sac, little, very small neighborhood right up the street from me. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like of all, of all the places in the world, this dude, this dude lives right up the street. But it's funny because now, um, if I were to see him at like a bar or something now, I'd just like, you know, say, Hey, and I doubt that there would be, I don't He has nothing to be upset with me about. Let's put it that way. Um, Jesse says, let's see. Yeah. When you get older, that kind of stuff doesn't bother one as much, at least for me. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's how I feel. Like it doesn't, there are a lot of, there's a lot of stupid stuff I did when I was younger, like that I do regret, <laughs> but you know, this, this is all like, you know, people dating people from a decade ago and stuff like that. Like, you know, obviously if I was still, there's a big problem if like, if that, you know, I don't know how to say this. Cause I'm sure there's people that go through like really bad breakups and stuff. But like, I feel like if something happened that long ago, but it has to do with like a relationship, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to move on. You know what I mean? Um, let's see here. Anything else to, uh, to kind of address here? Well, I'll, uh, Jesse says, yeah, 2011 was a year for me that I don't remember much of, LOL. Yeah, so yeah, that's the same That's the same for me. I mean, 2011 for me was moving to Nashville, Tennessee for the first time and interning for the Nashville Sports Council. It was my first, like, job. An unpaid internship, but got a lot of good experience. And yeah, I was getting blackout drunk on, like, a daily basis when I lived in Nashville, uh, the first, the first go around. Cause I wound up living there and then I wound up taking a job in Orlando, Florida. And then I wound up taking a different job that moved me to Daytona beach, Florida, but that was all within like a year. And then I probably, so I probably spent most of like 2012 in Florida. And then I think I moved back to Nashville in 2013 or 2014 and then lived there up until uh, up until recently. Io says 2011 was a blur for me. So it seems like most people, uh, 2011 was was uh, quite the year for, for most of us. 
Jesse says, I met my husband at the end of 2011, and that's when my life changed for the better. Well, there you go. And that's the thing, too. People, you never you never know when, like, something like that's going to happen, you know? That's part of why I don't get really worried about, like, being single or not having kids and stuff like that. Like, eventually I could do that stuff, you know? And I just kind of have faith that, like, the right thing will happen at the right time. Like, I'm not, like, out there... I'm not out there like trying to find this stuff because I think that's when people get in that's when people I think kind of get in some problems is when you're like desperate to be in a relationship or something like that and then you wind up with someone who you don't really like that much you just don't want to be alone that's a that's a bad spot to be in I think I'd rather be alone and happy and then like add to that with a relationship when you know the right person's around but forcing stuff I think is is I think a lot of people <clears throat> go down a go down kind of a path that uh they wind up wishing they didn't go down when they when they kind of force that stuff uh jordan says i had a paid internship my senior year of high school it was great two days a week i could only have two classes then i would go to the hospital yeah um dude inter the internship was great i mean i worked in downtown nashville i worked out of a um and that's awesome that you had a paid internship. But yeah, I worked out of the, I'm trying to remember, it was like the Bank of America building in downtown Nashville. A lot of people probably know the Batman building. It's the AT&T building that it looks like Batman, like the, the top of the building has like the, like it looks like Batman's head. Um, there was a Batman logo. I worked pretty close, I, I worked really close to that actually. And yeah it was great like I mean it's great to think about at the time like geez I used to have to wake up I had to wake up at like 5 a.m every morning like 4 or 5 a.m every morning I had to put on like a button up and a tie sometimes a, a suit like a full suit the whole deal and then drive to Nissan Stadium which at the time was I don't know why I can't think what it's called now. It's called Nissan Stadium now. Uh, it's where the Titans play football. I used to have to drive there to the Titans parking lot and then take a bus from the, Titan, the Titans parking lot to my building in downtown, or to downtown, like to like this, around the street I worked, and then walk from there. To, and so I'd, I'd get to work at like, I think we started at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning or something like that. And then I'd be done at like three or four. So like, that was great. But, and then I usually walk home. I'd usually walk from my building to the bus stop. Cause I like kind of just getting the fresh air. So I'd, I do like the 30, 45 minute walk to my car usually instead of taking the bus home. Cause like, I like the walk, the walk, but it's just funny to think about now, like if I had a job that required me to wake up at six in the morning right now, I would just quit that job. Like I just wouldn't, I just would not do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm not recommending that to each his own. Like if you're a morning person and you like getting up and at it, you know, 6am more power to you. I just, I just do not function properly. As a matter of fact, this is how bad I am. I had to wake up at 10 today, which is early for me. And I was so tired when I woke up, I forgot to make coffee. Like that was like the whole thing for me was like, all right, I'll wake up, I'll make some coffee, get my day kick started. 
I was so tired this morning, I just forgot to make coffee. I poured myself some of this tea. And the tea is pretty good, but not the same. Dylan's wrestling stuff. Dylan, what's up, bro? Welcome back to the to the stream, to the chat. Hope you're having a good day, man. Um, check out Dylan's YouTube channel, y'all. He's out there grinding, doing, uh, you know, predictions and reviews and stuff for pro wrestling over there on his channel. Jordan says the job itself was amazing. I was an intern in the maintenance department of the hospital, and I shadowed one person whenever he got to call. So I stayed on my phone and once in a while help him out. Yeah, that's what's up. That's that is the other great thing about an internship, especially like in my situation. I knew my internship wasn't going to lead to a job with that company because the the company that I interned for only had like five employees. It was a very small operation and you could tell they just, they relied heavily on getting a group of interns every semester to come in because there was like six of us and you know, we did a lot of the work, but it was also like, if we ever messed anything up, like it was on them and not us, you know, they treated us really well. Like they knew we were coming into it with no experience. If, if there was something we, we couldn't do or, or didn't do properly, you know, they, they were getting free labor and they knew that and they were nice about it. You know what I mean? Um, and I got to do some really cool stuff while I was there. Like they operated the music city. Um, what do they call it? The music city. Uh, I guess they called it. the. What was the, it was the bowl game in Nashville, the music city. I don't think they just call it the music city bowl game. I, it probably changes every year with the sponsor too, or something. Now I always forget how it works with college, but, um, but yeah, um, oh God, I have it like right on the tip of my tongue. It's like the music city something bowl, but we we ran that, uh, which was fun. I got to wear a Super Bowl ring during that, which was really cool. Uh, Peyton Manning's assistant was doing some work with us, and she was wearing. Uh, Oh, sorry, it wasn't Peyton Manning. It was Tony Dungy's assistant. That's who it was. Uh, was uh, did some work with us, and she let me wear her Super Bowl ring uh, one night, which was really cool. Like just seeing how insane those things are. Um, got to meet Junior Seau before he committed suicide. Like, which was just really random. But I met him probably like six months before he committed suicide at at an event. He was a super nice guy, and I had no clue anything was wrong. Um. But yeah, a lot of just wild. And then, of course, like outside of work, just hanging out in, on Broadway in downtown Nashville was, that was a hell of an experience for somebody who was right out of college. I mean, I had a freaking blast. Um, Let's see. Uh, Jordan says, the one cool thing I got to do there was a broken sink in the ICU. ICU, I got to wear a bunny suit. <laughs> That's so random. Yeah. And the other cool thing was like, I had like two credits or something, two classes that I still needed to finish when I started my internship. So my school let me like co-enroll. So my degree is from Georgia Southern University. That's where I went to school. I was on their campus in Statesboro and went there for, you know, four years. And I was just like a couple classes shy of graduating, but, but needed to do this internship to get my degree. So I went to um i went to nashville and they let me take these online classes through this uh, school called ashford university and they were the easiest classes in history i would highly well a lot of people are probably figuring this out because of just 
this past year so now it's a little different i guess because of zoom calls and stuff like people are actually like kind of in digital classes when i was doing online school it was the biggest joke in the world like it was basically like a like a message board and you just had to like submit work by a certain day and i'm pretty sure no one was actually grading anything because like i would send in some of the most ridiculous stuff sometimes and i would just get a's like and i definitely wasn't trying and it was just like I wish I was doing online school this entire time. Like, this is way easier than going to class, and I'm getting way better grades. Um, so, yeah, little tip for anybody out there. Online school is pretty... F I mean, in comparison to going in person, I thought online school was, like, way easier than having to go to class every day and, like, sit there. I can't tell you how often. I was such a bad student in college. I'm not recommending being like how I was, but, like, my college experience... As far as going to, going to class and stuff, like, luckily I was, you know, I chose sport management as my major. So I, I struggled a bit the first couple years when I had to take, like, all those core classes. I had to take, like, algebra and all this stuff that I had no interest in. Uh, I had to take, like, accounting and stuff, like, just stuff that I just, just no interest at all. But once I get into my major, it was all these sports classes and all these coaching classes. Um, I had one class that was literally called history of baseball in the american culture and we watched a pbs baseball documentary like all semester it was just like every day was like another you know like half hour chunk of this this like 10 hour long documentary or whatever um i had a class that was bowling where you literally went to the bowling alley and like as long as you sh i didn't even show up to that but i was on the bowling team in high school so I was really good, and basically I beat the teacher one-on-one -on -one and he gave me an A. So like, I didn't have to come to class. Like I took golf. I took, I mean, I took, so which was literally, you, the golf class was, was you got two buckets full of golf balls at the, at the driving range, and the teacher would just like walk up and down the driving range and just like critique your swing and just like try to get you to be able to hit the ball farther. <laughs> like it was, these classes were such jokes, like. I had this one teacher uh, who he was like the teacher for like almost probably half the classes I had and all of his classes were exactly the same like no matter what the subject was like it could have been like a class on you know like the economics of like a baseball park like how does a how does a, a baseball park make money how do how do employees get paid how do how do ticket sales work all this kind of stuff it could have been that class about that or it could have been a class about like how to coach people it didn't matter all of his classes were exactly the same and the way that they worked were he would he would put it was like a game show every day he'd put all these questions up on a big um projector screen and it would be one question at a time he just hit a button and like a picture of like a stadium would just show up on the on the big screen and he would uh and we would always be in teams of like three and four and whoever raised their hand first and got the question right so it'd just be like a picture of a stadium and you'd be like nissan stadium and he'd be like that's what that is you get a point and all these points would be extra would be extra credit for tests so i'd go into these i so i just i just go into these tests i'd get like a 80 80 something but i really get like a, a 110 <laughs> you know what i mean like it should have been like a b but b is like i'm not even trying you know so that was really my college experience was like barely getting by and just taking classes that i thought were interesting 
and thank God there was a degree that, you know, obviously some of the classes were a little more serious, but for the most part, it was pretty much what I'm describing. And all those other classes I didn't want to go to, I'd go in, I'd write my name on the attendance sheet and I'd just walk out the door and hope the teacher didn't stop me. Like I, <laughs> that was, that was, that was college for me. And I, I have a degree, I have a bachelor's degree. So there you go. Um, Dylan says, speaking of college, we're going to campus on September 13th. Dude, I'll say try in school, Dylan. Don't listen to things that I've been saying. Go in there. Give it your best shot. You know, it's it's crazy kind of how things work out because when I was in college, YouTube existed, but, like, you couldn't make money off of it. And so, like, for, you know, the, ed the video editing I do and stuff, that just didn't exist. Like, YouTube video editing for money, that didn't exist. Doing live chats and, like, and getting donations and all that stuff, it just didn't exist. Um... So also keep that in mind, Dylan, when you're in school, you know, succeed in the things that you, that you're interested in right now, but also be forward thinking. There might be some stuff that you have in mind that you think are, is going to be big in the future that you're not learning in school and still spend time, uh, you know, pursuing that stuff outside of class. I, that's, that's probably the biggest advice I can give anybody is like, you know, you know, if there's something that you think is going to be a really good idea 10 years from now and no one in school, here's, here's a perfect example. I'll talk about this real quick before I get back into the predictions. Um, when I was in college, when I was going to all these classes and, and pursuing a degree in sport management, which by the way, I also got a minor in business and a minor in coaching altogether um, by doing these things. Um, when I was in these classes, you would have to like go around the room and like like at the beginning of the the semester and like you know it's like the introduce yourself thing hey i'm steven my favorite color is green blah 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 you're just like just like facts about yourself and you would have to say like what you wanted to use your major for so they go around the room and everyone's talking about mlb and mba and even nascar and soccer and uh, golf pga stuff like that and I was the only one in class that would ever stand up when it was my turn and be like, I want to do something with mixed martial arts. Like, I think the UFC is going to be huge. And this was back when, um, at the, I'll admit that, oh, Jordan says at this point, why are we doing predictions? I'll get to the predictions here in a second, man. Um, but I used to stand up in that, in front of the class and I would say like, I, I want to do something with mixed martial arts or, or professional wrestling. And, but I was really more focused on MMA because I was like, that's an actual sport. And I used to literally get laughed at. Like people were like fighting, like, but kind of like boxing. Like once again, the ultimate fighter had like just kind of happened. Like, and so the UFC was still pretty fringe and people thought I was completely crazy for thinking and I would like just stand there and be like I'm telling y'all like I think that mixed martial arts is going to be a massive sport one day it's going to be on like cable tv it's going to be just like all the other sports and I want to get on get in on it when when it's still something new and, and growing and people used to literally laugh and because of that I pursued uh coaching baseball initially I coached high school baseball and it was because like I don't know what, to, what the hell I'm going to do in MMA. I don't know how to get a foot in the door. I don't want to move to Las Vegas and like try to just find the UFC or whatever. Like, but that just to show you 
obviously now the UFC is huge and I make most of my living by editing videos that have to do with mixed martial arts for all things MMA on YouTube. And I did it for MMA on point before that. And, uh, and yeah, but those things, once again, they didn't even, these options didn't even exist when I was in college. So just keep that in mind when you're in school, like soak in all the information you can, but more importantly than the information, Dylan, and anybody listening to this, this may be bad advice, but it's advice that I think is important. That's where I learned a lot about myself and where like you have to start learning how to be out on your own and making those decisions outside of class of like going out there and like meeting new people and trying new stuff. I'm not advocating like to do anything dangerous, but I'm just saying like, you know, go out there and, you know, have some fun and it's your real last chance to like to really, really party it up and have a good time and, and really live freely, really, uh, before you're out there in the real world and, and the bills uh, become real. You know what I mean? Um. Oh, yeah, I want to... <laughs> Jordan's message, I'm going to show that. Oh, Jesse got it first. Nice. Um. <laughs> yeah, everyone's saying, like, who's laughing now, right? Of, of all the people I went to school with that got the degree I did that like we were all in the same class there's like one dude who wound up um who who's done some work in the NHL but he's not doing it anymore there was one dude who was doing some work with the PGA and he might still be doing that I don't think any one one of the guys coaches high school football but out and we're talking out of like a hundred people give or take in this major like maybe three or so people even like made it in any degree um as far as like within the sports world at all and then i had my buddy who who he did broadcasting not sport management but like my best friend is the broadcast manager for the new orleans pelicans nba team he's definitely the most successful out of all of us um and i could not be happy he is the best dude in the world like he is the most He's the best employee of all time. He was my boss at one point uh, at, in the high, at the uh, college radio station. Like he was the best boss ever. He's like the model employee. He's my best friend. I mean, like his name's Daniel Sowerson, by the way. If anyone wants to look him up, I'll actually pull up his uh, his Twitter. Um, if anyone wants to give him a follow, if you're a basketball fan, um, here you go. If you're a basketball fan. Um, this dude's like my best friend in the world, Daniel Sowerson. He's been with the, uh, and there you go right there, proud alum of Georgia Southern University. That's what I'm talking about. But uh, but yeah, he's been he's been working with the Pelicans for, jeez, uh, because he was with them when they were the New Orleans Hornets first. So uh, he's been there a long time. So show Daniel some love over there on Twitter. Okay, guys and girls and anyone that identifies. It has anything else. We are going to uh, talk more about No Surrender because I know that's what most y'all are here for. But it's been fun uh, catching up and just kind of doing a little uh, a little chill session there. I'm probably going to do that more often, by the way. If you're in the chats early, I can pull everyone's chat up and we can just kick it for a few minutes and just answer questions, talk about life, talk about random stuff. I'll do that at the beginning of, uh, of all the shows that I'm doing solo. I'll start off like that going forward. So if you're in the chat early... We'll just uh, spend the first... I didn't realize I was on here for the last hour, though. I did not realize I'd been doing this. Sorry, y'all. I thought I'd been on here for about 20 minutes. Um, but I'll probably spend the first, like, 15 minutes or so going forward 
just uh just interacting with the chat but let me know um <clears throat> here's another reminder super chats and donations while i'm going through these predictions feel free to let me know if you want your uh, question answered if you want your statement read this all goes on the audio version on the fight talk podcast feed the day after I'm live. So all your things that you say or your questions or anything like that, if you have a business you want me to shout out, uh, I will plug your your company or your business or anything you got going on. I'll plug your uh, social media. I'm here to help promote stuff too and that'll get promoted to the audio listeners as well. And uh, I want your predictions. I want to know how you feel about these matches. Now, like I said before, I will, I've already taken Decay to win their match. I've got Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB winning their match. Up next, we have Jake Something versus Diener. This is a good story. Uh, obviously, we had Diener, you know, was Cody Diener, and we had Jake Something, who was Cousin Jake. Diener has joined along with Eric Young and Joe Doring as the Violent by Design group, which I think has been really well done. I especially would, well, I shouldn't say especially with Joe Doring, with all three of them, to be honest. I think the group has worked well for Eric Young, Joe Doring, and Diener. It's cool to see that Jake Something is now known as Jake Something. Uh, he cut a really good promo on Tuesday talking about how, you know, if he doesn't stand for something, then he stands for nothing. And now he's Jake Something. It's the name he had been using on the indies for years. So I'm glad that he's using that now. And uh, he has a ton of talent. I talk about Jake Something all the time on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. He's a guy who's... Uh, He's out there killing it on the indies. I think he's still technically the Black Label Pro heavyweight champion. I could be wrong about that, but the last the last that I had checked, I think he's still the champion over there. Does a lot of good stuff with Glory Pro and, and all over the place. Uh, had a match at SUP, uh, Southern Underground Pro, over the collective weekend with O'Shea Edwards, which was a banger. So as far as a prediction, this is a... Um, this is a really tough one to call. Because I think Jake something is going to get a singles push, which he should. But Diener is also looking really good in this group. And this group itself is looking really good. And I want them to be strong. And I want... I can't say I want them to win, but like... I'm going to go with Jake something. Because I think ultimately Jake something has to win this feud with Diener. But maybe the bigger match... A little bit down the line, uh, literally and in, in, you know, physically, like Jake something versus Joe Doring. I think that's that's the real Haas fight, if that makes sense. Like, so I think maybe I'll take Jake something to win here, but then maybe at the next uh, Impact pay per view or special event, we get Jake something versus Joe Doring because I think that would be. That's a that's a banger too. But Diener Diener's great. Like if Diener won this match, it wouldn't bother me at all. And he's a really really talented guy who flew really under the radar for a long time. So, um, and y'all with the uh, with the plugs, I really meant more so with like super chats. Like it could be any amount though. So if you if you send a super chat or donation and you say your social media handle or your, the name of your business, I'll read it out. Um, otherwise, like I'll be sitting here all day just like reading out people's uh people's plugs and stuff like that so after that we have fire and flavor the team of kira hogan and tasha Steeles, who are the uh the knockout tag team champions they won that whole tournament and i think they were the right winners i think everyone seems to be in agreement about that i think most people uh, really like seeing fire and flavor um with those titles 
and they're taking on Havoc in Nevaeh. This has been building for weeks. Um, they've been wrestling each other in singles matches. This is a... Uh, I don't know if, if y'all have a... Uh, I don't know if y'all have been paying attention or not, but let me know what y'all's thoughts were on Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele's talking about... Um, talking about uh, Sasha Banks. Because... That seemed to be a really polarizing thing. And Sasha Banks is like the last person you want to go after on the internet. I'll just throw that out there too. Her fans are brutal in defending her. Um, but yeah, let me know if y'all saw what I'm talking about and if you have any thoughts on it. But I think this match will be solid. I think having in Nevaeh are better than what people kind of give them credit for. And Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, like I said, they're a good tag team, and they're the right tag team to hold those titles right now. And I do not see them losing them. As much as Impact Wrestling tends to hot potato their championships more more than my liking, I think the obvious move here is to keep the titles on fly, uh, fire and flavor. Jesse says, appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. You're awesome. Thank you for the super chat. Um, yeah, I appreciate you too. I'm looking forward to when you're back. Back here on uh, on screen with me. Um, let's see. I'm seeing if they. Yeah. Sasha and Alicia Fox stands. That, yeah, Jesse, you're right. Those that's those are two brutal fan bases uh, to to be fighting with. You know. I don't really, and I don't really have much of an opinion to be honest on the Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles stuff. Um. Because here's the thing. This is just kind of how I look at it. On one hand, are Hogan and Steele's jealous? Because, you know, Sasha Banks is a massive star and they really aren't, right? Like, I mean, I watch Impact Wrestling every week. I talk about it every week. I think that they're a great company that have been putting on a great show. And they've been putting on a consistently better show than Monday Night Raw for like over a year, in my opinion. So, like, I think that Impact Wrestling is great. But as far as, like, star power goes, Sasha Banks is way up here, and Hogan and Steeles are way down here. So, there's that side. But on the other side, like, to their defense, you know, who am I to say that they're lying about, like, their experiences that they've had with Sasha? Like, I don't know. You know, basically, they were saying that they've met Sasha, and Sasha was really rude to them. And that, I mean... I've had wrestlers be rude to me before, like, wrestlers that I looked up to, and, you know, I met them, and I was like all right, I'm not a fan of this person anymore, you know? Um, so, I mean, that could have happened to her too. I don't know, to them too, I don't know. So it's all just kind of she says, she says type stuff. Um, I, I just think it's really lame when fans start attacking other fans when like they don't know any better than you would. Like everyone, we're all on the same level here of like not knowing what really happened between these people. So like, to see it get so adamantly defended and then see people fighting over it, I think it's just really lame. Um, yeah, people saying, like, we don't need to be comparing um, and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, no, exactly. Like, and the only reason I'm even comparing at all is because Hogan and Steeles were on video talking about Sasha Banks. That's the only reason I'm even bringing it up. But as far as... Um, as far as this match goes, I think yeah, like Hogan and Steels, I think that's pretty obvious. They should get the win here. Uh, Jordan Lasser says it's called IWC Toxicity. Oh yeah, the internet wrestling community 
I have been a part of the IWC since like 1995. So um, back when you had to use AOL uh, dial-up internet with the little the little three boxes where like the little guy would be like running with like the square or the little triangle or whatever and like all the all the noises and, and all that stuff. Like I was an early adapter of uh, of using the internet to try to find wrestling content. Trust me. Still to this day, I uh, I stay in touch with Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com, and I bring him up because back in back in the day, back in like the mid to late '90s, back before there was really even Google, and like really Yahoo was I was like maybe the main search browser. There was like Ask, Ask Jeeves maybe was around then. I can't even remember, but I just remember you had to like go into a web browser and just guess URLs. So I remember typing in like WCWFWCW.com or something like that. And that was one of the first websites I used because it was like, oh, like, okay, there's wrestling stuff on this. And that became NoDQ.com, which is still around to this day. So let's see. Um, Io says, I mean, we all learned a long time ago. Not everyone's going to like you no matter how famous you get. Yeah, 100%. And it's just unfortunate. You know, the sad truth of it is the more famous you get, the more likely it is that people are just are going to hate on you for it, you know? And unfortunately, a lot of people, they, they, for whatever reason, like they can't sleep at night or they can't, they can't stop. It's, I guess what a lot of people say now is like living rent free in someone's head. A lot of that happens to a lot of people. A lot of people are like walking around in this world or sitting alone in this world like like jealous that other people are succeeding when in reality they could be just as successful if they just put any actual effort towards what they were talking about. Um, you know, it's a bummer. It's a bummer because I've always been of the opinion that there's always more room. Like if you see someone doing something that you really like, why can't you also be doing that? You know, it, it isn't like there's one spot for everything like if someone's successful if you you know what i mean like there's so many examples of this but you can you can put it into any position if you 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 have a job where you work in walmart and the person that started work after you winds up getting a promotion and now they're your boss and now you feel like it's the biggest slap in the face in the world blah blah well guess what like there's gonna be another promotion that'll come around at some point there might be another job that you like better, you know, like, and, and don't be mad that this other person accepted a job that you would have accepted if you were offered it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I just, I've just never, I've never, I've never had that mindset about stuff where it's like, so-and-so got this job or so-and-so is getting this opportunity or so-and-so said this about so-and-so and it's like, I don't care. Do you live your life? Be the best person you can be. Control the stuff you can control. Um, Jesse says, I wish people would stop sharing that creepy dude's tweets. They need to stop giving him attention. I don't even know who you're talking about, Jesse. Um, I'm not sure who you're talking about. I know there was the stuff with like, uh, like Sony to villain stuff, but I, I, I'm assuming this is like much different than, um, I know, Jesse, next one I see, I'm not going to tag the police. I'm going to call the police department. Yeah, what are y'all talking about? Oh, wait, did you hear about Alexa Bliss? I'm scared for herself. 
I'm completely out of the loop on whatever y'all are talking about. Is somebody stalking Alexa Bliss and that's and that's what's going on? I'm yeah, I'm reading more about kind of what Jesse's saying here. Interesting. Yeah, I have I have not I have been completely out of that loop, so I do not know what's what's I can't even speak on that because I don't even know. Um, I mean, I hope everything is okay. I mean, that's, and that's a real thing too. I don't have to preach to the choir here, but like, that's another downside of being like famous to any level is it's wild. Cause like people's sometimes it's, you look at like John Lennon and stuff. Like sometimes people's biggest fans wind up being the ones who like ruin their lives or, or end their lives or, you know what I mean? Like. Imagine getting so obsessed with somebody that you harm them. Like, that's that's wild. Um, Jesse says she's going to send me this stuff. Io says it's some annoying Twitter stalker. Yeah. I hate that people have to deal with that stuff. Um... I'm going to wait just a second. Let me, uh, let me pull y'all's chat up here. I'm going to wait just a second uh, and see what Jesse sends me so I kind of have an idea of what y'all are saying. Um, um, Red Samurai Ninja says, you need to reporter. Do you mean we need to report the Twitter stalker? Is that what you're saying, uh, Red Samurai Ninja? Yeah, that's... Uh, it's wild because even like the people that I that I really worry for also are like live streamers, people who like are out and about in the world with cameras and like documenting their life live. Not vloggers, like not really people that are like going out and recording stuff and then uploading it. Like the people that are out and about that have live chats that people know where these people are in real time and can find them and stuff. That stuff is really scary to me also. Um, there was a Twitch streamer called Ice Poseidon. He's on YouTube now. And his content's very questionable. Okay, so, or at least it used to be. So I'm not, like, advocating, like, being a fan of his or whatever. I'm just using as an example, like, he used to have, like, this open door policy where people knew his address. They could just come over whenever and be on the stream and all this stuff. And then eventually he wound up getting, uh, people found out what plane he was on. And they called in a fake bomb threat and he was banned from Twitch because like his viewers were so toxic. These were the biggest fans in the world of this guy. And they loved watching him get his life ruined live on camera, you know? And like, that's such a weird mindset to have to like, be such a fan of somebody that like you get off on ruining their life. Like, cause you have the power to like watch it happen on camera. Like that's wild to me. Um, Jesse, okay, Jesse, I just got your text message. Let me, uh, let me, uh, just look at this real quick, y'all. I'm paying attention to the chat too, so I, I see what y'all are saying. Um, Jordan Lasseter is saying that people have been, uh, have been reporting this person, but nothing's happening. I feel like something's gotta happen. I mean, she's just too well known. 
Oh, she's with uh, Ryan Cabrera, isn't she? I completely forgot about that. That not that that has anything to do with the story, really. But that's I. There's a picture of her with Ryan Cabrera. I I completely forgot that uh, that they were together. Let's see. Um. Yeah, I know this is riveting uh, audio for anyone listening to the audio version of this. Well, I'm just basically right now I'm reading an article about what's going on with Alexa Bliss. Oh yeah, and this person just like making a bunch of accounts over and over again. Yeah, I'll have to look into this a little more thoroughly. But yeah, it's I that that's that sucks because. There's only so much you can do also, right? Like, if the guy just keeps making alt accounts and just keeps doing what he's doing and, like, that gets deleted and he just makes another one, eventually I feel like they got to, like, trace his IP address and just go after him. But, yeah, that's that sucks. Um, And I know, Jesse, obviously, like, you deal with, you know, the stuff you have to deal with and whatnot. I mean, it's just... It's, it's, I think it's even worse for girls than it is for guys. Like, you know, guys can get it plenty. You know, like I just talked about the Ice Poseidon thing and all that. But, like, for girls, I think it's even worse. Because, like, I don't know. There's kind of, like, an added level of, like... It's hard to explain. I just feel like it's kind of worse when it's happening. I Let me put it this way. I think it's more likely to happen to women. I'll, I'll put it that way. I think it's more likely that there's a lot of kind of crazy guys out there that get obsessed with women and do these kind of things. There's obviously going to be fangirls and, and girls who are, are going after men that, they, that they're that they fans of. And so that happens as well, I'm sure. But I, I think the dynamic is just... it's. I think it's a scarier dynamic when it's like these male fans that are obsessed with these women. I just feel it's just scarier to me. Um, yeah, that's wild. Well, uh, let me switch back over to, to no surrender. Keep these picks going. Cause I don't want to keep y'all here all day without, without getting to this, but, um, thank you for letting me know about all that stuff. And, um, and yeah, keep reporting that guy. That's really all I can say is that's the only way that I think it could possibly stop. They need, they need to track the guy down somehow. Um, as far as no surrender, this match looks really, really, really good. Uh, we have a triple threat revolver match. And to my knowledge, this is the first time we've seen this match. I, I cannot remember ever seeing a match like this before. At least not in Impact Wrestling. And let me know in the chat if y'all have seen something like this before. Like, I could imagine maybe AAA has done something like this in the past. That's the only company I can even think of that might have had a, a match set like this. Maybe. Because they have a lot of stuff where people are... It's like multi-man and people are getting in and out of the ring constantly and stuff. But, like, this is a really cool concept. Basically, this is called a triple threat revolver match. And the concept is it's a triple threat match. And then when somebody gets eliminated, one someone else comes into the match. And it's then a triple threat match again. And you get triple threat match after triple threat match. Someone just keeps getting eliminated each time. Eventually, there's three people left, and that is the final triple threat match with that pinfall or submission deciding the winner. So it's like a triple threat gauntlet match, elimination style, but like, I like it. I think it's a really cool concept. And the the talent involved, this is stacked. This is a stacked match. We got Ace Austin, 
who I think already should have been the Impact Wrestling World Champion. I think he should have won the title at Slammiversary. Um, I'll say this also because it's been public, but, um, you know, when me and Sean Ross Sapp do our our Impact reviews over at Fightful, uh, like when they have like a big, sh- a big pay-per-view and we do the post shows, he told me on the last show that Ace Austin, there's been two separate occasions that he's heard of that Ace Austin was supposed to win the Impact World Championship. Like, he was penned in to win the title. And then they changed plans basically last minute. And Slammiversary was one of those times, apparently, that Ace, that Ace Austin was going to be the champion. And they wound up going with Eric Young instead. And that set up the Eric Young versus <coughs> versus Rich Swan stuff. Which then led to the, uh, the Violent by Design uh, stable and all that. But that's all to say, Ace Austin, I think, is an incredible talent. And whether in the X division, the tag team division, or preferably for me, the world heavyweight division, uh, Ace Austin is a dude who is incredibly talented. Uh, You have Blake Christian, a guy who has been killing it on the indies. I highly recommend check If you want to see some of his recent stuff, check out Blake Christian versus Leo Rush. They had, I think, three matches out uh, out in GCW. And it culminated with a... It was like a three stages of hell type match at uh, Fight Forever. So you all should check that out. Blake Christian versus Leo Rush. But check out check out all Blake Christian stuff. He has done some incredible, incredible work. Um, I really like, you know, kind of his friendship and all this stuff that he's done with, uh, with Alex Zane. And, you know, of course, Alex Zane is now signed uh, to the WWE and stuff. So keep your eyes on Blake Christian because from what I've heard, I could always be wrong. Sources aren't always 100% correct. From what I've heard, Blake Christian is not signed to Impact Wrestling. And from what I've heard, there is serious interest from big companies. We'll just put it that way. And um, if Blake Christian... Now, now, granted, I heard the same thing about Trey Miguel. When Dez and Wentz signed with the WWE, I was told probably three months before that announcement was made. And But I was told that Trey Miguel was going to WWE as well. And I don't know what happened there for sure because he's back with Impact. Blake Christian, I had heard similar things about that he may be heading to a certain big company. But it hasn't happened yet. And we've seen Blake Christian lately. uh, He was a part of the the Super J Cup in New Japan. He was a part of the X-Division Cup. uh, It was Ace Austin and Blake Christian in the finals. Uh, so Blake Christian, someone whether he stays in Impact or he winds up uh, somewhere else, he's someone that y'all need to be paying attention to because he's a uh, he's going to be a big deal. I mean, him in the ring is he's spectacular, and you know you look at the success of some similar guys lately, like Ben Carter, for instance, who's on NXT UK. The two of them mirror each other in a lot of ways, and it looks like Ben Carter is going to get a big push in NXT UK. Um, you like I just mentioned Alex Zane, another guy, he's got a little more size, but same type of style. Um, you know, so there's a, I mean, Blake Christian, just, just fantastic. I love seeing him as a part of this. We got Chris Bay, who might be the, the best of, of everyone in the whole company, honestly. I mean, Chris Bay is incredibly talented, incredibly charismatic. Um, he's the kind of guy who I talked about it uh, on a previous show about Io Shirai, Same kind of thing with Chris Bay. He's somebody where when he walks out onto the stage, you hear the music, you see the entrance, you see kind of his his swag and the way he carries himself, and it's like you're drawn to it. Like, he comes off like a star, and he's great in the ring. 
Um, so Chris Bay is another guy like he I similar to Ace Austin. I'd be fine with Chris Bay being in the world title mix as well. The only downside with someone like Chris Bay or someone like Ace Austin being involved in this is they've already both been X Division champion. Same with Willie Mack, who we'll talk about in a second. These guys have been X Division champion. They've kind of been there and done that. They've had good title reigns. But, like, the world title, I think that they would be better fit in the world title mix because that's that's ultimately the title belt that people should want is the world heavyweight title. X Division title is great, but there's a difference in being the world champion and the X Division champion. Um, we also have Navari in this match, who... I definitely don't think he's going to win, but he's doing the best work of his career right now. The dude's in the best shape he's ever been in, and he looks like he's, I mean, he looks like he's good to go for years. I mean, he's completely revigorated his his career. I mean, so, and Davari's also doing stuff with uh, Contra over in MLW, so he's he's doing some some good stuff right now, so it's good to see Davari in there. Josh Alexander... It's kind of an interesting choice for this match because he doesn't have like kind of the traditional X Division style. Even though technically X Division isn't about weight limits, it's about no limits, as they would say. Uh, I want to see Josh Alexander get a, a strong push. Uh, you know, now that Ethan Page has left Impact and Alexander's kind of on his own, I want to see what he can do as a singles guy because he's super talented. He presents something different. Uh, I really like his in ring work and I like his character and, and I like his look and everything. I mean, I'm a big Josh Alexander fan. Uh, he's done great stuff on the indies for a long time, and it's it's good to see where he's at with Impact. And I think he is going to get a push. I just don't think that it'll really be within the X Division. Uh, we have Suicide, who, you know, just kind of is what it is. I've never been the biggest Suicide fan. I never liked the fact that he was, like, they created him because of the video game, and then there was, like, Suicide and Manic were both like kind of the same person and I'm like they're different people and stuff. It's it's weird. Um and there's been all these different people to play the suicide character. Like TJP's done it, Kazarian's done it, Daniels has done it. There's probably been other I bet Amazing Red was probably in there at some point. I mean it's so it's you know I don't I I've just never been big on Suicide, the other uh, wrestling character. Uh Trey Miguel this is an interesting one. This is who I'm actually picking to win the match. Like I said before, the other Rascals signed with WWE. They're doing great work already as MSK, uh, as a part of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. And it's interesting to see Trey Miguel back in Impact. Um, and if he's going to be there, push him. And he, he's he's on a roll right now. He's got a lot of momentum. A lot of people are talking about him. Got a lot of buzz. And I think he's somebody who could really benefit from a a run with the X Division title or a shot at the X Division champion uh, next, because once again he's kind of he's kind of going from the Rascals out into his own thing. He's using some submission holds now and stuff. He's kind of evolving himself, and uh, I think it would make the most sense for Trey Miguel to win here because of those reasons. And then you have Willie Mack who personally speaking he's probably my favorite performer in impact wrestling like i love willie mack i talk about him all the time he's the he's the number one person in all of impact wrestling where it is baffling to me that he's never been the world champion of the company he's been the exhibition champion he's been the tag team champion he's done everything else uh, but he's never held that world title now the silver lining there potentially is Rich Swan and Willie Mack are friends and they're teammates. And Rich Swan is the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. 
if he continues to hold on to that belt, which I, I think he'll, he'll hold on to it, you know, I think he'll beat Tommy Dreamer, but I have this really gut feeling that Moose is going to beat Rich Swan for the title. I could be wrong, but I would love to see Willie Mack win the world title from Rich Swan. Like, that would be the perfect story. There doesn't need to be anyone turning on anyone else. It's just Rich Swan giving his best friend a shot at the championship, and Willie Mack takes advantage and wins. Like, doesn't cheat or anything, just, you know, that would be a great way to get the title shot. Um, Willie Mack needs to rack up some big wins before that. Um, he technically beat Moose in their last man standing match, but uh, he got his ass kicked, and then Moose quit because Rich Swan promised him a title shot. So, that all being said... I'm going to go with Trey Miguel for the win here. Uh, but to be completely honest, like anyone winning this match is great um, outside of like suicide for me because I just don't think there's anything you can do with suicide. And then Davari, I just like I wouldn't hate it because like I said, Davari is doing good work. But I would much rather see Ace Austin, Blake Christian, Chris Bay, Josh Alexander, Trey Miguel, or Willie Mack win this thing, you know, just personally speaking. Um, but that said, Trey Miguel is my pick. Let me see here in uh, in the chat if anyone is agreeing. I want to know what y'all's picks are. Uh, Red Samurai says, I'm hoping Ace Austin will win with the title. Um, oh, but yeah, so a lot of people are hoping that Ace Austin wins the title at some point. I don't know if you're talking about the X Division or World title, or maybe both, but... Uh, and, uh, yeah, Io says, I sense Willie and Swan are going to feud at some point. Yeah, I think so. I think they have to at some point. Something's got to change for Will for Willie Mack. Um, he's in this position right now where, like, he's been really close to the top of the mountain. He's, like I've said, he's been the tag team titles. He's been the X Division champion. Um, and then he, he basically lost the feud to Moose, even though he won their last match. He basically lost that feud to Moose. So he's going to need to change something to get back in that mix, I feel like. Um, Jordan says, I'm not watching the pay-per-view because it would be pointless because I don't watch Impact every week. Well, here's the thing with about this, Jordan, is this is not technically a pay-per-view. This, this is on Impact Plus. So you can just go on Impact's website and watch it for free. It doesn't cost anything. It streams right there on their website. So um, you wouldn't have to actually pay if you wanted to check it out. And it's going to be a good show. There's a lot. There's a ton of great talent on this. I think you'd. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. In worst case scenario, you can just turn it off because you won't be out any money. After that, we have a match that. Man, I'm lukewarm on this one. And there's a lot of good talent involved. It's just falling flat for me. We have Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona taking on Brian Myers and Hernandez. I like the idea of Hernandez kind of being the heater for Myers, like kind of like a bodyguard. I do like that, but I I would not have I would have kept Cardona and Myers so far away from each other for a while. Like it's inevitable if they're in the same company that they're going to wrestle at some point or, or interact at some point. But like I just yeah I don't know I would have kept them separate. But yeah, and then like Eddie Edwards, Eddie Edwards is good. Um. Jordan says, oh, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll try to show that message. It's hidden right now. Uh, I got to move to my other monitor. There we go. 
Jordan says, basically says, get the F out of here. Um, there's got to be a catch. No, because this isn't a pay-per-view, Jordan. This is, they do have their pay-per-views that, like, you have to pay on Fight TV. But, like, once a month, they do one of these free shows on Impact Plus on their website. If you got it on, I think Fight TV actually charges people, like, 10 bucks to, to watch uh, these Impact Plus shows. Uh, probably because it costs them money to, to show them. But, you know, you can literally watch them for free. There's no catch. Um, Eddie Edwards and Cardona. Yeah, P, uh, Io says Myers and Cardona should be separate. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't know. I hope the match is good. And Eddie Edwards is solid, but that that's what he is, right? Like, he's just, he's just always good. The matches are always good that Eddie Edwards has, but I feel like people just rarely really care about him. And I'm in that boat too. Like, he just doesn't do a whole lot for me as a character. Uh, they made him like this weird... Tommy Dreamer 2.0 guy and then like you know he's like always either the world champion or in the mix or has like a major feud and I think a big a big part of that is just like rewarding Eddie Edwards for his loyalty he's been in the company for like seven or eight years at this point um and like I said his he's always he's solid like he's he's very good but there's always been something missing with him um, whatever he was missing, I felt like Eddie, uh, felt like Davy Richards had. For those of you who were a fan of the American Wolves, like Davy Richards had it all. Um, and Eddie Edwards always there was a little something missing with him, and I and I don't think he's ever really found it. Um, Cardona, I'm a huge fan of, but he's kind of fallen flat in impact so far, in my opinion. So yeah, I just don't really have high hopes for this match. I hope it's better than I'm expecting. And yeah, people in the chat mentioning how Myers and Cardona are, are best friends and it's obvious and stuff. I know, and that, it's on one hand, kayfabe's dead, right? Like, so we really shouldn't care about that, but it's hard not to. Especially if you watch their YouTube channel, they're literally vlogging together, you know, before and after shows and stuff. But on the show, they're feuding. And it's also weird with Myers, just in general, him being a heel. Because if you watch any of his stuff outside of wrestling... He's like the nicest guy in the world and like there's like you know a lot of his videos it's him going out and like buying toy story action figures or dolls and stuff for his for his daughter you know he's like this really nice family guy family guy that show he's like this, this really nice father and husband right and and him and cardona are best friends and they're always doing stuff outside of wrestling together so it is weird to see them fight each other that's why I would have just kept them completely separate. Like, let them do their own things. You know, and here's the other... I, I, This this is not meant to sound harsh, but this is just kind of the reality that I think we're looking at, too, is how often... How much of Cardona and Myers' careers in the WWE were linked together, right? A lot of it, right? And look where that got them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that's necessarily Myers or Cardona's fault. I'm just saying, like... The perception of them on WWE television was that they were basically jobbers. Like they got their pushes every now and then. Uh, Cardona won the Intercontinental title and then lost it right away. Uh, they had some tag team title runs, and Cardona got himself super over with the Z trial and story, and all the stuff he did on, on YouTube and Twitter and stuff. Like he did a great job getting himself over. But you know what I'm saying? Like it didn't really. I don't want to say it didn't work in the WWE because a lot of that has to do with the, the writing and the storylines. 
But I think y'all know what I mean. It's like, for anyone who watched them in the WWE for a decade plus, and then you turn on Impact, you're like, why would you be excited for that? You know what I mean? And this is coming from a guy who's a massive fan. I have I have a signed um, Matt Cardona. It's like a, it's an 8x10, or not an 8x10, it's a little bit larger, but basically looks like an 8x10 signed by him in my office. Like, I, I'm a huge fan, but... Unfortunately, this match just doesn't really do anything for me. Um, Io says Myers, in the meantime, has evolved well. Well, I agree. Like, and that's kind of what the issue I have here, too, is Myers has been in Impact Wrestling pretty much since he got fired from the WWE. So he's been there for months now. And he has done a good job of, like, reinventing himself, his whole most professional wrestler character, all these things that had nothing to do with Cardona. And a part of the problem, too if I'm just keeping it real, is Cardona is going to outshine Myers almost always. That's how it's been for their whole careers. And it isn't because Cardona is better or anything. It's just he ha- he's more popular. He's the one who had those singles runs in the WWE. He's the one who got those bigger pushes in the WWE and won more championships. And, and as long as Myers and Cardona are next to each other, I still think, I still think Cardona overshadows him. And Myers had done a great job over the last year of reinventing himself and getting out of that shadow and being his own person. And now I feel like we're kind of getting right back to square one where it's Myers versus Cardona and then probably Myers teaming with Cardona at some point. You know what I mean? It's just same old stuff, you know? Um, But as far as a prediction, I am going to take Cardona and Eddie Edwards. Cardona is newer to the company. I don't think they want him coming and taking a bunch of losses and like I mentioned before, Eddie Edwards is, he's Impact Wrestling's boy. You know what I mean? Like, he's a made man there forever. As long as he's there, he's going to be one of their top guys. And uh, they really like having him win big matches on pay-per-views and special events and stuff. So I'm going to say Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona get the win here. After that, we have a story that has been going on seemingly forever. Io says at least Hernandez is doing something. I agree, because they had had him doing some really weak stuff with Fall of Ball uh, lately. Like, Hernandez at one point looked like he was going to be the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Like, you know, back in, like, those LAX days with him and Hernandez and stuff, or sorry, him and um, Homicide and stuff like that. Like, Hernandez looked like he was being positioned to be a massive star, one of the, the main people in TNA for years, and they just never pulled the trigger on him. So it is good to see him still involved. As far as this TJP versus Rahit Raju match, this is for the X Division Championship. And the the most interesting thing about this match is that Mahabali Shira has come back uh, to Impact and is basically the bodyguard slash teammate of Rahit Raju. I'm a big fan of Raju, and I'm a big fan of what he does on the indies as Hakeem Zayn. Uh, TJP, I know he's kind of a polarizing guy, um, and I get all that, but if you're looking at just his in-ring work, TJP is fantastic in the ring, in my opinion. He's very, very good in the ring. Um, so I think this match will be good. I don't think the story's been very good, because, you know, it was like TJP was manic, and like it was clearly him, and yada yada, just not going to get into all that story. Talking about that's about as worthless as me sitting here talking about Legends House, as far as I'm concerned. Um, or or who who shot uh, Johnny Bravo and all that stuff, just just goofy. Um, uh, Io says Raheem's very entertaining. I agree. I, he's very good in the ring, and he's just a uh, 
and he seems like a really good guy. He's a guy that's been out there grinding for years. I saw him first at Glory Pro, similar to Jake something. I saw him at Glory Pro first. And uh, to see where his career <clears throat> has gone in just a few years has been really, really good to see. Corey Hummel with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Corey. <clears throat> Let me grab a swig real quick. I was, uh, <clears throat> sorry, y'all. I was talking about you earlier, Corey. Uh, I was thanking you for getting me that cameo from Shelly Martinez. I, I appreciated that. It was really nice of you and really nice of her with the message she sent. And she wore the fangs and the whole the whole uh, aerial gimmick, which was great. And uh, Corey says with his super chat, hope everyone has a great day. Hope you have a great day as well, Corey. I'm glad you were able to be here live because I know usually um, the time of the show doesn't match up well with um, with what you've got going on. So thank you very much for the super chat and thank you for watching. Really appreciate it. As far as this match between TJP and Rahit Raju, though, I'm... My prediction on the weekender, I took... I can't remember who I took, actually. I think I took TJP on the weekender. I might change my prediction, though. Um, Io says this feud has got to end. I agree. So that's part of me is like, if TJP wins, they can just move on from this feud. If Rahit Raju wins, I feel like they'll continue it. But the X factor here is Malhabali Shira being on the outside for Raju. And I feel like there would be no reason to, you know, add in Shira into this if it wasn't for Shira to help Raju win the title belt, title belt back. And if he doesn't win, then like, what the hell do you do with Raheet Raju? Like TJP is kind of salvageable, and so is Raheet. Like they're both very talented, but I don't know. It's a tough call. It really is. I'm gonna say Mahabali Shira gets involved and it works, and Raheet Raju wins the title back. And then we get if and then if my predictions are correct, I would say then we get Trey Miguel versus Raheem Raju next for the exhibition championship. But uh, which is all good stuff. <clears throat> I, I think that'll be really good. So I'm gonna take Raheem Raju for my prediction. Uh, Corey says you got my support. I hope Raheem wins. He's a great heel champion. Impact has a bad thing of keeping things going when it should stop. I agree. Very good analysis there, Corey. I, I couldn't agree more. And I also think they have a big problem hot potatoing their titles too often, um, which, you know, they'd be doing here. And that's a reason why I want to pick TJP because I like to see longer term champions and what Impact normally does. But also because they do it so often, I could see them putting that belt right back on Raheem Raju. So I'm going to take Raheem. Uh, so that's my prediction. My official prediction, Raheem Raju. For those of you listening to the Weekender podcast, I, I may have been flip-flopping there. I may have taken uh, TJP, but as of the time of this recording, I'm going Raheet Raju. After that, we have the Impact World Championship on the line. Rich Swan defending the title against Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer turns 50 years old over the weekend and gets a title shot against Rich Swan. Now... For those of you who listen to this in the weekender and all this stuff, like I am not a big fan of Tommy Dreamer being this involved at his age. It isn't like a health thing for me, you know, because I'm also the same person advocating. Like, if Sting's healthy, I want to see Sting wrestle. If Edge is healthy, I want to see Edge wrestle. Uh, Christian, you know, Daniel Bryan, any, you know, all the. So even though Daniel Bryan's age isn't really the, the issue there, but the point being, you know, I feel like I can't sit here and like advocate like 
I want to see Sting wrestle, but then also crap all over Tommy Dreamer, you know, doing what he's doing. So I have to be fair there. But it is one of those things where, like, I just don't feel like Tommy Dreamer should be in the title scene in Impact. Now, that all being said, he cut a great promo on Impact. And he basically talked about how he wants to win the title to prove to everybody, like, that he can do it and to prove to to all of his fans and, like, the younger generation of wrestlers, he wants to be an inspiration to them and show them, like, be, like, kind of, like, this wholesome, uh, good image for wrestling. Uh, and he wants to be able to, like, positively influence the wrestling business by being the, the Impact Wrestling World Champion. I thought the I thought the promo was really well done, and I really like that nobody turned on each other leading up to this, too. Like, Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer have respect for one another. Uh, you know, they just want to go out there and see who the better man is and see who walks away with the championship. Of course, Moose is going to be looming here, too, because Moose was promised a match against Rich Swan for the title. Obviously, if Tommy Dreamer won, I guess they'd do Dreamer versus Moose. I just don't think anybody actually believes Tommy Dreamer is winning this match. I, of course, am choosing Rich Swan as my prediction, but, you know, I'll say this. If at any point during this match, they get to a point where if they can get, if they can have even just one moment of this match that makes me actually believe Tommy Dreamer is going to win, if they can get to a spot where like, you know, he hits, he hits that Dreamer DDT, he hits that Death Valley driver, you know, he does all this crazy stuff and Rich Swan looks like he is dead laying there in the ring and Tommy Dreamer goes to make that cover and it, if I can suspend my disbelief even a little bit for a few seconds that Tommy Dreamer is going to win this match, then mission accomplished. You know what I mean? Because it's so clear that he won't win, that if they can even get me to think a little bit like he's got a chance, they have accomplished their mission with this match, in my opinion. Um, I just hope it's solid. Uh, that's, all I can, that's all I can hope for. I just hope it's a good match, but I don't think anybody in the world expects Tommy Dreamer to win this one. Let's see, Ao says, or sorry, Io says, um, thank you for your service match for Dreamer, basically. That's basically how I think everyone feels about this. Io also says Moose and Swan are on a collision course at this point, 100%. And that's where it should be. Moose has that old TNA title belt. Swan has the Impact Wrestling World title. This feud has been building for a long time. <clears throat> that That is the match. That That's interesting, because there, there's where I don't know, like, I could see Rich Swan retaining, but my gut tells me Moose wins the title when he, when he finally gets his opportunity. They've really done a great job building up Moose, in my opinion. So, uh, and Corey, yeah, it looks like Corey's agreeing and stuff. So, yeah, I think we're all on the same page with uh, Swan and Dreamer. We're going into it with low expectations, and hopefully they exceed those expectations and get us to believe for at least a little bit of this match that Tommy Dreamer's got a shot. And in the main event of this, what I'm assuming will be the main event of this show, when I did my predictions, it was just a one-on-one -on -one match. Uh, so we're going to give you some updated predictions here. We have the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson, defending the Impact World Tag Team Championships against Private Party, the team of Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, who will have Matt Hardy in their corner. And on, uh, on Tuesday, they added in that James Storm and Chris Sabin will also be a part of this. So we now have a triple threat tag team match for the titles. I think this match is going to be really, really, really good. I don't think it needed 
the addition of James Storm and Chris Saban. But the good thing about it is adding those guys is only going to make the match better because James Storm and Chris Saban are, are incredible talents. So the actual match, I think, will be better with those added elements. And I'm a huge James Storm fan. Like I just love seeing him on any on any show. Um, so I think it diminishes Private Party a little bit because like they were going to get a, li- a bit more of this shine and spotlight if it was a one-on-one match with them and the Good Brothers. But I think the match itself actually got better with the addition of Chris Saban and James Storm. I see uh, Corey says it should be a show stealer. Yeah, I agree. I think this will be the best. Either this or that X Division uh, Championship Revolver match are the two that I think have the potential to be the best. And I honestly think the uh, the Jordan Grace Jazz ODB versus Perazzo Kimberly and Susan match, I think that's going to be pretty damn good. I think people really need to be uh, be looking out for that one because that has a lot of potential. But yeah, I, I really, really like this uh I really like this this main event. I think it's going to be really good. As far as a prediction, I think the Good Brothers retain. I think they hold on to those belts because I think we eventually will get the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks, uh, title versus title. And I think people need to kind of, kind of just sit back and let things play out because, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, I can't believe they're doing, you know, Jericho and MJF versus the Young Bucks. And they're not going to do the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. Like, do you really think with the long-term storytelling that AEW has been doing that they don't like that, that that isn't the plan at some point? You know what I mean? Like I think AEW is actually doing backwards booking like in the, or uh, I, what do you call it? When you, you basically book in reverse, like they probably have their idea for a year from now, like Omega versus Ibushi title versus title, uh, the good brothers versus the young bucks or like, you know, maybe like, Tomatonga and Tomaloa being involved or, or maybe even like the Briscoes from Ring of Honor like they they have I'm assuming they 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 picked the date like a year from now and they're working backwards with how it's going to play out which I think is the best way to book pro wrestling that's how they used to do it in the WWE they picked their WrestleMania main event like the pretty much like the week after WrestleMania they they pick the next main event and they start building stuff uh, and, and be working backwards from, you know, they knew the big story they wanted to tell next year and everything for the whole year would, would build towards that. Um, so I think we are going to get the good brothers and the young bucks. I just think we're going to have to wait a minute for it, which I think is great. Like why not? And over on the AEW side, it gives Jericho and MJF something important to do. And it continues whatever their story is. Cause there's obviously a lot of story right now with MJF, Jericho, the Inner Circle, Samuel Guevara quitting the Inner Circle, all that stuff. So, um, so I'm going to say the Good Brothers retain. I'm going to go even more on a limb and say that I'll predict. I guess it doesn't really matter if it's Gallows or Anderson because I think it'll be a magic killer that gets the job done. But I'm going to say Carl Anderson pins Isaiah Cassidy. That's just like an extra little prediction in there. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really, really good. And I always love hearing Chris, uh, or sorry, James Storm's theme song. I, I don't know what it is about that uh, that country song that he uses. Just great theme music for him. It, it fits him so perfect. So, and it's it's done by like, a, I think it might be like Montgomery Gentry actually does his song. I'm pretty sure it's them. But, uh, but yeah, let me see what y'all are saying here in the chat as far as your predictions. 
Uh, Corey says, Black Taurus from AAA and Impact Wrestling. Yep, that's why I was picking Decay to win uh, their match, because I think uh, you know, Black Taurus came back in. Uh, I say back in. He was with Impact at one point, but I, I'm pretty sure he was with Impact at one point. I feel like I've definitely seen him on their show before. But his re-debut with Decay, um, a lot of people really liked that. Uh, Jackson Alonzo, what's up, man? Welcome back to the chat. Um, you're coming in late. We're almost done, but I, I'm, I'm glad to see you in here. As always, uh, Corey says a lot of stuff going on in Impact, AW, AAA, NWA, New Japan. See, that's a, another thing. People aren't even talking about AAA, but they're also a part of this whole AEW thing. Kenny Omega holds their mega championship. Like, he's the main champion of, of AAA. And, you know, there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes, I think, right now with AEW and these companies. Stuff that people aren't even, aren't even thinking about. Like that I think is just going to be so awesome. Like, think about that. We had AEW already working with NWA because otherwise they wouldn't have access to Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. Um, they're working with New Japan Pro Wrestling, otherwise they wouldn't have access to Kenta and uh, being able to do the stuff with Moxley versus Kenta and, and all that stuff. They're working with Impact Wrestling, which is clear. We might even see you know Kenny Omega pop up on this show that we're talking about. Maybe there's some other quote-unquote invaders that pop in. Um, you have AAA involved because once again, Kenny Omega is the mega champion. Uh, I mean, so you have all that right there that's already being worked on. You have the potential of Ring of Honor getting involved, which I don't know why they wouldn't. Like, it would be huge for Ring of Honor to be able to use some of the AEW people to get people to watch their show. And if you're AEW, like, why wouldn't you want someone like Jonathan Gresham or Roosh or Bandito on your show, you know? Um, so you, I mean, I think Ring of Honor can get involved. I think MLW can get involved for the same kind of thing. MLW runs the hour before AEW. So if you sent like Hangman Page to MLW and you got a ton more people to watch MLW, which once again leads right into Dynamite. And then on Dynamite, all of a sudden, like you start seeing Jacob Fatu, which he would be a huge asset to any company. Leo Rush, Alexander Hammerstone, uh, violence is forever uh, Tom Lawler like there's there's a lot of talent in MLW Calvin Tankman I think is going to be a really big deal so yeah we're just seeing the beginning of something that is just I think just going to be the coolest thing we've ever seen in wrestling to be honest I really do um, Corey says even MLW too yeah that's what I'm saying man I, I, they have a ton of talent that in in a lot of that talent I shouldn't say a lot of it some of that talent like, for instance, Violence is Forever, the team of Dominic Greeny and Kevin Koo. They're incredible on the indies. Uh, they're guys that I have been pulling for for a long time. Kevin Koo sat in my sat on my couch in my old apartment in Nashville, and I and we did interviews and stuff. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of these guys. Um, but I don't know if they're, like, quote-unquote ready or well-known enough that, like, if they showed up on AEW, AEW Dark would be different. But if they showed up on Dynamite, I don't know... Uh, how it would go over. They're still pretty new to like the wider fan base. But if they were on MLW and, you know, AEW sense, I don't know, I, I, you pick any tag team. They send the acclaim. We'll just say the acclaim uh, wrestles balances forever on, on, uh, on MLW and more AEW fans watch MLW because of that. And now all of a sudden they're like, Oh hell, who Dominic Greeny and Kevin Q? Who are these guys? That this match they just had with the acclaimed was awesome. And then, 
at some point Koo and Greeny show up on AEW TV, people then, at least some of them actually know who they are before they show up because they've seen them wrestle some AEW guys on MLW. You know what I mean? So like, it just really opens up just this whole world of possibilities that, like I said, I'm not exaggerating. I think that this all has the potential to be the coolest thing we've ever seen in wrestling. This this kind of partnership between all these companies. Um, and WWE is going to, at some point, WWE is going to have to like, I'm not saying they're going to have to co-promote or get in on it, but I'd imagine Triple H probably feels pretty left out right now. Because I think Triple H would co-promote. You know, he brought in Jushin Thunder Liger to wrestle uh, Tyler uh, Tyler Breeze on TakeOver that one time. And uh, Jushin Liger was signed to New Japan. So, like, Triple H knows what's going on out there. Triple H has been open to co-promoting with, like I said, like, with Liger. And, I, you know, the big hurdle is Vince. And that's a whole other podcast in itself. But, you know, I think Triple H is going to be sitting there really antsy, like, yo, look what's going on around us. Like, you know, we could be a part of this too. Like, who wouldn't want to work with the WWE? You know what I mean? Like, if they had the opportunity to, like, if WWE, I'm not think, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm just saying, WWE is going to be the company that gets left out of this whole thing. And if we get another big wrestling boom, it's going to be AEW. You know, like, I don't think. I don't think WWE hits another period like we like we saw in the 90s. And I don't know if we ever see that ever again in wrestling, to be fair. But if there is another big explosion in popularity for wrestling, I think it's going to be because of AEW. I really do. And it is going to be AEW because they're also involved with all these other companies and all this other cool stuff they're doing. And all the co-promotion and getting the best talent, you know, all to wrestle each other. And I think WWE is going to be kind of looking and kicking themselves in the ass that they were so greedy and stingy and stubborn all these years and they're going to be the ones getting left out so this is my personal opinion um let's see here i'm going to switch over to this so i can put up uh, i'll put the chat on here and then I'll, I'll just talk for a couple more minutes and i'll get out of here if y'all have any more super chats or donations donation links are in the description as always those are incredibly appreciated and I will make sure to answer your question or read your statement or any uh, anything that you want me to right here on the air. Uh, if you have a business or a Twitter or Instagram or something, I will uh, shout it out on the air and my audio listeners will hear it tomorrow. Um, but you have to send a super chat. For me to plug something, I've got to get a super chat for it. Um, let's see here. Corey says, WWE has Evolve and British companies under the NXT UK thing. They keep promoting these businesses on the network. Well, the the difference though is like Evolve is defunct right now. Like it's not Evolve no longer exists. WWE has the Evolve library on the network, so that's cool. And I think we're gonna see be seeing more and more Evolve talent showing up in WWE. Like for instance, I have a really good feeling that Anthony Henry and JD Drake are gonna head to the WWE soon. Anthony Henry's wrestling his last indie match like next week or later this week. I can't remember exactly when it's happening. It's an action wrestling against Nolan Edward. And they've been alluding a lot to signing somewhere and alluding to like not knowing if they're going to be able to use the name Work Horseman anymore and stuff like that. So I just have a really strong feeling that we're going to be seeing um, Anthony Henry and JD Drake in the WWE. They were both Evolve guys. We've obviously seen, see, we've obviously seen Kurt Stallion 
recently who was an evolved guy and then there's more from like the from history you know like drew gulak and matt riddle and keith lee and tony niece and like all those kind of guys that wrestled for evolve but as far as like the more current stuff um yeah like i think more and more of the people that we haven't seen in WWE that were wrestling for evolve towards the end of evolve i think we're going to be seeing more of them coming back soon and i think part of that has to do with the network having the uh the library because you can kind of promote like hey watch evolve check out all this stuff you know anthony green's another example who's now uh august gray on 205 live and that's also why i keep talking about how i think 205 live is basically going to become the new evolve i think that's kind of where things are heading based on who they're signing and who i hear that they're going to sign and what we've been seeing on 205 live lately i think that's kind of going to kind of going to become the new evolve if that makes sense uh, Corey also says, glad you liked the Shelly Martinez cameo. Um, yeah, man, I, I loved it, man. I really appreciate it. It was so unexpected. Very, you surprised the hell out of me, man. That was, I literally had to download the cameo app just to watch it. Cause I, that's how surprised I was. I didn't even, I didn't even have to cameo downloaded. Um, and Corey says, I didn't know that, uh, about Evolve. Yeah. It, uh, it basically, yeah, Evolve no longer operates but i so and i think that gabe sapolsky now does a lot of stuff with nxt and gabe sapolsky of course was the guy who ran evolve and for those of you who don't know gabe sapolsky was paul Heyman's right hand man for like forever dating back to like ecw and stuff so sapolsky comes from that Heyman kind of coaching and learning tree and um you know he was very heavily involved in ring of honor and that kind of stuff so like so yeah that's just a little backstory there. But yeah, Evolve is no more. But a lot of the talent, I think, is going to be making their way back to the WWE if they're not there already. Um, IO says 205 Live shouldn't be slept on. I totally agree. I review it every single Sunday on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. It's a show that I always talk about how it is. There's no real consequence to not watching it. Like, you're not ever going to miss anything that's like super important to the grander scheme of the WWE universe, but there's always good matches. Like there's good talent on the show, even teams like Everrise and uh, Davari and Nice and stuff like that, you know, teams that, sorry, I didn't mean to turn on my, uh, I have a foot massager under my desk that I accidentally just turned on. Um, you know, there's even teams like Everrise and stuff. Like we're like, Everrise I think would kind of be a jobber tag team on Raw or SmackDown. But on 205 Live, they get a chance to really, like, get a lot of practice and a lot of work in the ring. And I think they're a pretty damn good tag team. And I think the more that we get to see them on 205 Live, the more likely it is that we see more of them on NXT, which then will make it more likely we eventually see them on Raw or SmackDown. And when that happens, you know, they won't really be, quote-unquote, jobbers. They'll be an established tag team. So I think 205 Live can accomplish quite a bit. Um, Io also says Cruiserweight cruiserweight wrestling is still alive in WWE well it's alive everywhere I mean that really is kind of the the probably the majority of the style we see especially if you look at like the indies and AEW and stuff um there's a lot of cruiserweight influence there I'd imagine most of the current it, it's kind of it's kind of wild to think about like right now in this time in WWE and AEW, and I should say in all of mainstream pro wrestling, it's we're in a really interesting time because these this the people we're watching on TV now 
are the people who were watching the WCW cruiserweights and W you know back in the WCW days. They were the ones who grew up on Shawn Michaels, but then became Jericho fans, became Rey Mysterio fans, you know that kind of stuff. Became Eddie Guerrero fans. Um, and this is the first like real generation of those wrestlers, if that makes sense. Like before these guys and girls, most of the people involved in wrestling were like bodybuilders or ex-athletes or like, you know, you would go to a gym in like in Atlanta and Lex Luger would see you and be like, hey brother, you know, you're, you look yoked. You, we want to meet Eric Bischoff. We might be able to get you into wrestling, you know? Or you liked wrestling and you were like Hulk Hogan and you you went to Japan to train and they broke your legs, you know, to see if you had the, the toughness to come back because they were trying to protect the business and it was all about kayfabe and all this stuff. Now this is the generation of people who grew up with internet wrestling, who grew up knowing what kayfabe was, who grew up knowing it's it's an act and it's predetermined and all this stuff. Um, so we're just living in this really interesting time now because it's the it's the the fans it's like the true fans and that's why i think that cruiserweight wrestling or what we would consider to be cruiserweight wrestling is is so prominent in today's wrestling is cuz it it is the generation of of guerrero and mysterio and jericho fans and stuff like that you know um and then it's wild to think that like the next generation coming up are going to be the ones who were watching AEW and NXT and and stuff like that like it's uh, it's gonna get really interesting because you 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 figure you know you you watch what's happening in wrestling now and like you see people doing six thirties and you know Ricochet hasn't done it in a long time. Ricochet used to do that double moonsault and and all the crazy stuff that we've seen. You figure like how could it possibly how could people possibly top this in the future? But I promise you, it's being worked on. Like there was a whole generation of kids right now that see a six thirty and they're like. I can get two full rotations. He's getting one and a half. I can figure out how to get two. You know, like, it'll just continue to keep evolving and they'll keep upping it and upping it and, and it'll just keep getting, uh, it'll just keep evolving and changing, I think. But I'm really interested to see how what that looks like. Because um, back in the day, it's like someone did like a, a, a you know, a superplex, like, you know, a vertical suplex off the top rope and it's like, that's good. Nothing's ever top that, right? And now we see people doing you know, Spanish flies off the top rope through tables and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I'm interested to see kind of how it continues to evolve. Uh, Jackson says, Isaiah Swerve Scott from 205 Live is from Tacoma, Washington, near where I live. Okay, that's what's up. I actually had him on my podcast years ago uh, when he was kill shot in, a, in a Lucha Underground. And I, I got to see him uh, throughout his indie career quite a bit as well as. Uh, Shane Swerve Strickland before he was Isaiah Swerve Scott so I'm very familiar with Swerve and uh, he he gave me an hour of his time on my podcast back when like there was no reason for him to even do my podcast you know what I mean like he he did me a huge favor by even coming on the show and then he gave me an entire hour of his time and he was super nice it was a great podcast it's still available on the Fight Talk podcast feed if you want to check it out um, and I've gotten a lot better at interviewing since then. I'll just throw that out there too. It's hard for me to listen to some of my earlier stuff. Cause like, I think it's kind of cringe now to, to listen to myself, but um, a lot of good information in those podcasts. I asked a lot of, a lot of questions that I think a lot of fans would want answered. 
And uh, this will be the last question that I answer before I uh, talk about the sponsors. But Jackson Alonzo says, why did they stop putting 205 live, live matches on Monday Night Raw? I don't know. I thought it was odd how they branded it, though, that whole time, where they'd, like, change the ropes to purple. It never felt like it was a part of Raw to begin with. It felt like this weird red-headed stepchild of, um, like, of the WWE. Like, it never really belonged, it felt like. Um, and that wasn't the talent's fault. Like, the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament was incredible. But then they just really dropped the ball. I remember I was actually at Raw in Nashville the first time that they did a Cruiserweight match and didn't turn the, the ropes purple. And I remember thinking, like, this is a bad sign because now they're going to kind of get put out here like everyone else. And I had a feeling they would just stop doing it altogether. Cause like they weren't even, I didn't like the, that purple ropes, but the fact that they didn't even put like the added time into putting the ropes up when I was in Nashville, I was like probably a pretty bad sign. They're not even willing to like change the ring now for it. Like they, these guys are going to get phased out. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. Unfortunately, a lot of great talent in 205 live. Um, Jackson asked what the episode was called. Let me, uh, I'll pull it up on Spotify for you, Jackson. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pull up, uh, the links for our sponsors too, or the, the pages for our sponsors, I should say. And just like always, y'all, if you have any, damn it, is it not going to let me look at my brother's Instagram right now? I hate, I hate Instagram, y'all. Um, I'm going to have to figure out a way to... Actually, let me see if I can pull up his Facebook. Um, sorry for the delay, y'all. If And I know I say this all the time, but if you do have any last-minute super chats or donations or anything like that, while I'm kind of wrapping the show up and talking about the sponsors, I will make sure to... Uh, to still address any questions or, or read out any comments or anything that you have before I sign off here. But as far as the, uh, sorry, I'm just getting this stuff all pulled up. As far as the, uh, the podcast on, or who was asking Jackson, here you go. So if you look at, this is available everywhere, by the way, like if you're on uh, Spotify or Apple podcasts or anywhere, I don't know why it switched it to where now my oldest episodes are showing first. Um, have no idea why that happened. But I'll tell you what episode it is if I can find it here. That was a fun one. Tony Hinchcliffe for episode 100. Did, did he come on before episode 100? I can't. Dude, that's how long ago it was. I can't remember when I interviewed Shane Strickland. Tommy Toehold, Marty the Moth Martinez. That was another Lucha, Grand, Lucha Underground interview. There we go. Episode number 42, if you want to check it out. Back with my old logo. Episode 42, Shane Swerve Strickland, a.k.a. Killshot from Lucha Underground. We went uh, 49 minutes, so yeah, right around an hour. So, yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, that's that's where you can find it. And our sponsors really quickly. We got Music City Toys and Collectibles. They are the place to be for action figures, magazines, DVDs, autographs, anything to do with pro wrestling. They're nice people to give you fair business. Check them out on Facebook if you want to get in on their auctions and claim sales and all that, all that good stuff. They have a brick and mortar location opening in Nashville, Tennessee on May the 1st. 
support them. Nice people, fair business, anything you're looking for, Music City Toys and Collectibles, follow them on all social media. Shout out to WrestleRumble.com. They are the place to be for fans to pick them contests for professional wrestling. This contest is insane, y'all. For $1 entries, somebody is going to win. For $1, someone's going to win all five of these belts. $1, one winner. Getting the AEW title, the TNT title, both tag team titles, and the FTW championship belt. I am pumped beyond belief for this contest. And it can be all yours for $1. All these title belts cost like three to four hundred dollars they're all being custom made because you can't even buy them on AEW's website yet so they're fine they found a custom maker to put all these belts together for y'all and they are going to be sick so check that out once again wrestlerumble.com to stay up to date with all their contests and raffles make sure to follow them on social media specifically on twitter at wrestlerumble and shout out to brian jensen I normally pull up his Instagram, but because I do not have an Instagram account of my own, I was actually the social media manager for like three years of a YouTube channel and built that thing up to like 100,000 100, followers before I uh, wound up quitting their company. But there, uh, I was very heavily involved in Instagram. And after leaving that job, I deleted it. I'm like, I, I deleted Instagram. I'm like, I just don't, I, this is just too much of my time and energy. Um, and because of that, I can't even open Instagram anymore, which is lame. So I uh, follow my brother, Brian, uh, his Instagram handle is boxing ATL. Well, actually I'll type it right here so you can see it. That is Brian's, that is not my brother. <laughs> so I don't know why pepper boxing is popping up here on, uh, I mean, I guess you can go check out pepper boxing, but it's at boxing ATL on Instagram, B O X I N G A T L. His name is Brian Jensen. This is his Facebook page. You can see this is him working with Park. This is a gym, a Parkinson's Foundation um, setup he has. You know, they have a whole gym for Parkinson's. That's him uh, leading a class here in his chair. I mean, they do incredible stuff. Um, so he's working with Parkinson's patients there. That's him just in his gym. I really wish I could just pull this stuff up. This is kind of annoying, but that all being said, check him out. Help you reach your goals. If you want to lose weight, get in better shape, learn how to throw hands, you want to compete at an amateur level or a professional level, here it is right here, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L on Instagram. Uh, if you have Parkinson's or any kind of neurological issue, no matter what your age is, what your size is, what kind of shape you're in, anything like that, Brian can help you out. And just follow him on Instagram, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. If you give him a follow and you send him a message, just like all of our sponsors, if you say you heard about you know, what they got going on through me or Jesse or anything going on on the show, I promise you get a really, really good deal on whatever you are doing. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at fighttalk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Got more YouTube videos coming out soon for all things MMA on YouTube if you're a fan of mixed martial arts. I'll be live on my buddy Doug's channel tomorrow morning slash afternoon. So stay up to date on my Twitter for when we go live. I think it'll be around noon Eastern time, I think. We'll be talking some MMA and some pro wrestling tomorrow over there. His channel is called Hit You With The Real, and the U is with the letter U. Also, make sure to support Jesse. We got all the links for all our sponsors. We got links for Jesse's OnlyFans. We got links for Fight Talk Podcast merchandise. All that stuff in the description below. Thank y'all very, very much for uh, watching and hanging out today. I really appreciate y'all. Thank you to Corey for the super chat. I very much appreciate that as well. And the super chat from Jessie herself. So um, that'll do it for today's episode. 
I will be, once again, I'll be on my friend Doug's channel tomorrow. So if you want to hang out and talk some more wrestling, some more MMA, probably talk some pro football. We normally talk, you know, NFL as well. So check that out tomorrow. And uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Check that out every Sunday. I'll be recording the new episode this Sunday. And I'll be reviewing Impact's uh, No Surrender on that show. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing y'all again next time. Y'all take it easy, and I'll be back here on this channel probably uh, probably like Monday or Tuesday. We'll kind of see what's going on, but uh, I'll keep y'all updated on Twitter. 